Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Leticia Niago, the 2021 Vice President of Learning for the Metro DC chapter of ATD. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie Hubka, the Vice President of Finance. And I'm Christina Eanes, the Director of Virtual Programs. We also have Helena Hodges, Director of Technology and Operations, as our producer. For this episode, we are interviewing co-founder and CEO of PBC Guru, Zach Rubin. Welcome, Zach. Thank you so much, Leticia. Before we jump into our topic of books as tools for professional development and training, please share a little bit about yourself with our listeners. Thank you so much for, for having me. Really looking forward to the conversation today. Uh, as you said, I'm Zach Rubin. I have lived in the D.C., Maryland area for most of my life and a big fan of, uh, of everything uh, that ATD, especially at the, the local chapter level, kind of does. Really, for the last five, six years, I've been very focused on uh, programs related to professional development and lifelong learning around book. Uh, so that's really, really my passion. Um, I live in um, Potomac now. Um, more recently, or prior to that, lived in downtown Silver Spring um, and um, have a one-year-old son at home. Um, his birthday was just uh, just two weeks ago. So that's been, uh, been an exciting journey in the, on the personal front. How exciting. Let's dive into your expertise with our listeners, books as tools for professional development and training. Your organization has such an interesting mission. What does it stand for? And can you share its mission with us and tell us how you decided to get started? Yeah, of course. Uh, Leticia, so our mission is all about connecting and empowering communities through lifelong learning experiences. So our start and and passion is really all around books. Um, More recently, we've actually moved into some movie club programs and and some other media as well. But the the kind of background story is uh, my co-founder and I are actually civil engineers by training. Um, And we worked together at a civil engineering company for a number of years. And we were always sharing kind of business and professional development books back and forth with each other. And um, we, we were just finding that what we were reading was, was really helping us in our careers, frankly. And um, we would go to, we'd go to a client meeting and bring up some idea in a book and, you know, clients would say, oh, that's such a great idea. You know, we want to implement that. And, you know, we would say, oh, well, it's, you know, we just learned it from a book. Um, and that would almost make them say, that's, that's even better. It's not just something some kids in their 20s think is a good idea. It's actually in a book. Wow. So... You know, we were finding that was helping us so much and we wanted to kind of share that. So we started a book club at our office and that met once a month reading a different business or professional development book. And we really enjoyed managing that. And the the folks in that group got a lot out of it. Um, but we really realized that if we ever left our, our office or, you know, got too busy to kind of run the program, it, it probably wouldn't continue without us, even though we'd have, you know, 10, 15 people come every month to talk about the book. There was no one who was going to literally take the time to schedule the meeting and, you know, pick a few ideas for what the next book would be every month for the group to vote on. So we we kind of realized, you know, maybe there's a business opportunity here. Maybe there's a need for facilitated book club programs. And so we started having some conversations and, you know, got our first few kind of early adopters and have, have really been kind of growing ever since from there. So that's that's really the story, you know, just 
really believe in that power of books and have, have seen that, that grown into, we now manage more than 300 um, book club programs with um, companies, professional societies, alumni associations, library systems, um, and, and other types of organizations as well. Wow, very interesting. And there's definitely a need for this. What would you say are some of the different ways that companies are using books for various learning needs? So we, we obviously didn't invent the idea of, um, you know, using books as, as a learning tool. The thing we sort of hear the most often, frankly, is, is kind of the basic, you know, a colleague or a manager or a friend recommends a book to someone and encourages them to read it or, or even literally hands them a copy and, and they, you know, maybe talk about it a little bit. So very kind of organic. We, we are seeing the kind of traditional small group book discussion at companies is still working even during the pandemic. A lot of those have kind of moved over Zoom. Um, a lot of it has been good because, it, well, in a sense, it's been good because uh, a lot of times folks who maybe weren't in the central office where there were enough employees to support a book club are now able to participate remotely. Um, so that's been a positive. Um, we're also seeing a lot of focus now on um, DE&I um, and social justice kind of book clubs, um, and, and those are reading a range of things. So definitely kind of very practical things, a book like How to Talk About Race or How to Be an Anti-Racist. Um, but we also see a lot of groups reading novels and biographies and memoirs um, on, on DE&I topics. Um, so th that was definitely popular with many of our groups and communities that we managed before the pandemic. But it's, it's definitely grown a lot, I'd say, in the last, last 15 months. And then um, our focus is really around online book club communities. So our groups really are facilitated around an online forum. And that allows people to be anywhere in the world and participate whenever it's convenient for them. Um, and that tends to be for larger communities. So that would be hundreds or even thousands of participants able to engage across, a, across an organization. And, and maybe one final thought. Um, one of the... the Book-related programs that I probably find the, the most effective is what I what different organizations call this different things. I call it a core values book club. But basically, um, a company, almost every company or organization has core values, um, and to kind of bring those to life, they'll actually select a book related to each core value that really encapsulates the ideas of those. Um, and then every new employee over the course of a, their first year typically will actually read those, you know, four or five, six books, depending on the core values. And, and basically the idea is everyone in the company will, by their first year, have read every, every one of those books. And it's, it's just a great kind of culture building tool, um, literally helping people be on the same page and actually giving some more meaning to those core values than them just being um, some kind of lists on a page. Wow, this is so interesting and really relevant. I love the virtual option, especially with our changing times. Zyke, what are some skills you would say you may have seen being acquired for participants in these different book program offerings? The vast majority of what we focus on is, is really, I'd say, around kind of soft skills, leadership, communication, problem solving, change management, also a lot of, I'd say, general business uh, kind of understanding. Um, definitely a lot of those DE&I kind of conversations as well. Many of our book clubs will also read books connected to a particular social cause or initiative. So if, if a company does a lot of support or volunteering related to food insecurity, then the, the company might read a book related to that in, in one, one way or another. 
Um, so that's certainly another aspect. But honestly, as far as skills, you know, if you just browse the business aisle at, at your local bookstore, there's a book on almost every topic. So it's <laughs> the sky's kind of the limit to the, the type of skills. I, I will say we, we do see book programs working well for folks studying for a particular test or exam, like a, like a CPA exam, that kind of a thing. But we, we don't normally see books as much for like a hard technical skill working in a group setting. So if someone wants to learn to uh, be a coder or, or something like that, or really master, you know, more advanced things in Excel, the, the a book might be helpful for them, but that's not going to be as much in sort of a sort of a group setting. Typically, that's much more learning specific skills for, for their use case or their need. I see. And when I think of our talent development community, we have the talent development capability model, and this fits right in for us. Tell us what tends to be some of the benefits that you see after the book program is completed. Yeah, that, that's a good question because honestly, most of our programs don't exactly end. And, and what I mean by that is most of our book club programs are continuous communities, meaning the group reads a book, discusses it, chooses their next book, discusses it. And now a participant may sit out for a particular book, either they are not that interested in it or, you know, they have a really busy project professionally or, or something personal. But the idea of kind of continuous, you're, you're not done learning, essentially, is, is kind of the idea. So most of our programs are not, you know, read these two books and then you're supposed to be a master at, at these skills. It's much more about building that lifelong learning, that growth mindset, continuing to develop culture in an organization. That ideal, we, we definitely see leading to better retention, better, better engagement scores, especially when applied to groups of managers. We've seen um, a lot of their employee kind of feedback of their managers improving. Now, I, I will say to be very fair, Companies investing in a reading program tend to already be doing some other things as well and taking some of these things with their company culture very seriously. Um, so it's, it's it, it, you know, correlation is not causation, but there's definitely the companies that care about their culture and their training and are investing in this tend to see positive results, although it's a little hard sometimes to isolate those exactly because often companies are doing, often the book club is one of five initiatives in a, in a larger manager training program, for example. Yes, yes. And that makes complete sense to me. Tell us, how do you determine which books to select? There are so many options out there. Do you have a process or a strategy or how is that determination made? That's a great question. Um, so a lot goes into it. You know, everything is really customized for, for the individual organizations. It really varies. You know, we work with a few hospital systems, for example, and Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Task Force, their book club would likely read very different things than, say, the same hospital systems, young professionals group, based on whatever the goals of, of those programs might be. So, you know, there's a few things we look for in books. One of the most obvious, and it's, it's kind of simple, is it, whether that book is available as an audiobook. 
We find about a third of participants will listen to books rather than than read a, either an ebook or a, a physical copy. You know, they'll read that while they're driving or or doing things around the house or or, or exercising. And basically, if a book isn't available on audio, we'll just see that that segment of not a lot of folks will not pick up the book if they're mainly audiobook listeners and it's not available that way. You know, we we look for really the kind of the quality of writing. Um, also, is the book strong throughout is a big factor. Um, there's a lot of, frankly, business books and professional development books that are the first half, let's say, are really insightful and well-written, but then the author almost had to come up with another 100 pages to make it a full book. That's kind of important. We want something that people are going to, to want to finish because it doesn't fizzle out. But it really comes down to what the specific needs are for the book club, what their interests are, what their goals are. And again, since our groups are reading many books over the course of a year, it's a range, it's, it's usually a range of kind of topics as well. It's not only management or only leadership. Typically, you know, it might be a book on communication, then a book on management, then a, a book on leadership, depending again on the kind of group. Very nice. Now, if my company um, is in need of some kind of initiative, and I think this is a great fit for what we are looking for, how can I get my organization involved so that we can benefit from these amazing uh, book reading programs? So honestly, you know, contact us. Um, my email is just Zach, Z-A-C-H at pbc.guru. Um, you can just reach out to the contact form on our website as well. And we want to set up a time. Again, our programs are customized, so it's really identifying the needs. I, I will say, again, we tend to specialize in larger organizations um, and larger groups. So if you're looking to start a book club for 10 people in your office or 10 managers, that typically would be better run by by a coach or someone who uh, is going to basically do a live a live meeting where our programs, again, are more of a facilitated online group for when you have 100 managers or you want something open to a thousand employees that are, are able to engage and, and talk about a book together. Absolutely. Those are some great ideas to implement these kind of programs. Ladies, do you have anything to add? You know, I do have a question I would love to know a little bit more, especially given the fact that many of our organizations have obviously gone through a big transition during the pandemic and are looking forward to a transition back into the office as we're looking to to go back to physical workspaces. I'm curious how book clubs were part of the pandemic. Did you see an uptick or did you see organizations embracing book clubs? And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on how those book clubs might stay or how they might help us as we're looking ahead to the future of work. Stephanie, thank you for asking. So frankly, book clubs were already on the rise pre-pandemic. There were a lot of things kind of in the zeitgeist coming back to book clubs, um, not just being, you know, like a, a wine club in suburbia kind of kind of idea. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. But but there, there's definitely sort of a renaissance, I'd say, in book clubs out of the pandemic, particularly as a way to, well, well number one, the physical product of a, of, a, of a hardcover book or a physical book as something to not be a screen, essentially, I think became very appealing during the pandemic for a, a lot of people. A lot of people maybe got back into that um, yeah. who previously were, you know, would, I, I often think of it as pre-pandemic 
so many meetings were in person. Um, and so you weren't, you had, you know, half hour, hour blocks in your day where you weren't staring at a screen, um, where now just about everything is on a screen. So that desire for kind of learning off screen is, is, is there in, in a, a much different way. And then, um, so, so I would say social book clubs have, have definitely made a, a lot of friend groups, I, I, from just what I've seen and heard, have really embraced kind of the the virtual book club, having a little kind of Zoom get together um, around books. And what, what's interesting is a lot of those aren't necessarily folks that are local. Um, a lot of it seems to be people are more interested in connecting around books and having that get together with folks that maybe are not, they wouldn't have previously been able to all meet together in person. Um, so that I, I think has been an interesting trend as well. Yeah, I love that. And I think it makes a lot of sense, too. It seems like so many of us were looking for ways to pull ourselves away from the screen. But at the same time, as we've been interested in returning back to, you know, physical books, for example, you know, actually being able to turn some pages and relax and spend some of that time that we otherwise didn't have when we were working in the office and commuting and some of that time was taken. I can see where this would be a wonderful way for colleagues to be able to connect build relationships, learn together. I mean, I, I think that what you've shared today has been really insightful and certainly kind of take some of those relationships and that learning to the next level. We are really glad it is not quite time to let you go yet. So at the end of every episode, we like to ask our guest five rapid fire style questions. Each of these questions is designed to take less than 60 seconds to respond. So what do you think? Are you ready for some rapid fire? I'm, I'm as ready as I'll ever be, Stephanie. Thank you. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. All right. So your first question, give us one book that all talent development professionals must read and why. And I am really looking forward to what you have to say about your book recommendation. I'll give the answer, not just for TD professionals, but I guess all professionals. Yeah. Um, so to me, and this is Many have already read this probably many times. To me, the best overall professional development book is still The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Ah, uh, um, yeah. And I'd say it's it's a great book to read a second, third, or fourth time. You know, if if folks are looking for something a little more recent, um, I'm also a big fan of the book Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Just if you're feeling overloaded, which I, I know many of us are, it's, it's just a great read to kind of recenter yourself and, and help reprioritize. Oh, two great recommendations. Fantastic. All right. Second question. Give us one tool that you've recently learned about and immediately started using. For, for email, uh, a friend recommended a tool called, uh, it's, it's like a Gmail add-on called Simplified Gmail. And I, I've really been liking it. it. It just hides a lot of things, honestly, that you don't need mm -hmm. to see. And so you end up being kind of less distracted um, in your inbox, which is, is really helpful. And it, it just helps be a little more focused, I would say. I know a lot of people who are going to appreciate that recommendation. I just wrote that down. That's a great one. All right. What is the best piece of talent development or even career-related advice that you've ever been given? That's a tough one, uh, especially if you count all the things you read in books as, as advice. Oh, <laughs> and it is advice for sure. <laughs> I don't know why exactly, but what's what's jumping into my mind is sort of the adage that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Mm. And whenever, whenever I'm talking about like a training program or, or training programs and, and how books might fit into that or might not, 
I, I think in, in TD, we tend to get very focused on, you know, very specific sort of learning outcomes. But, but really, if the, if the broader culture doesn't value that learning or the goals of that learning, um, then th that's really why a lot, of, a lot of our work fails, frankly. Um, is because that underlying culture isn't set up to support the, the goals of, of whatever that learning initiative is. So I, I always sort of have that in the back of my mind. And, you know, we look to work with companies that kind of have that positive culture because we know, we know if we do a program with a company that doesn't, it's just not, it, it's not going to be very successful and we're going to kind of hit our heads against the wall. So we want that. We look for that in our client selection as much as, um, you know, just someone who's looking for for a program. But that would be if, if you don't understand the underlying culture of the, the organization you're trying to support, it's the regular things or, or the initiatives are, are not going to be successful. Yep. I think that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. All right. What is one thing that you're excited about that's coming up in the next year? This is this sort of shows how much of like a professional development book nerd I am. But um, in just a few weeks, um, we're hosting a conversation with David Allen. He, he's the author of Getting Things Done, which is another great professional development book. And I, I'm I'm hosting the conversation. I'm really looking forward to that. The book's had just a, a really big impact kind of on my life and productivity. And so I'm just looking forward to connecting a little more with David on that. I love it. That is definitely something to get excited about. That's terrific. All right. Your last rapid fire question is this. What is one thing within our chapter, within our industry that you're deeply grateful for right now? You know, I, I just had this thought earlier today, actually, that I, I'm, I'm frankly just grateful for all of the amazing kind of learning opportunities that are just free on the internet and the communities around that and, and, and all of that. And I know there's, there's some filtering issues, obviously with, with finding quality information. Um, but I, I just feel like the time it takes to find things of value in so many domains has been reduced so much and it just creates so many, so many opportunities. So I, I would, I would say, I would sort of say that there's, there's never been a time when more, more access to learning was available to more people, which is, uh, just amazing. Oh, yeah, that's a great insight. And so many people who are so willing to share what they know with others. I, I agree with you. I don't think there's ever been a time in our history where we have had such quick access to smart people with smart things to say. I mean, I what a great insight. I love it. Thank you. Zach, we're so happy you joined us today for what you shared with us is incredibly valuable to our community of listeners. Thank you so much for giving us the time. It was really a pleasure and I, I appreciate everything the board does for all the great ATD programming and, and all of that. It's, it's just a pleasure to be on today. And a big thank you to my co-host as well. Oh, this has been a pleasure to listen in on. Yeah, it, it really has been fun. You've definitely inspired me to spend some time reading today. You know, something I love to do and something I'm going to be very intentional about today. So thank you. God, I'm so glad. <laughs> very nice. And thank you to our community for listening. And before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Go to www.pbc.guru forward slash TD to join the free talent development professionals online book club. Love this episode? 
make sure to subscribe to the podcast and provide a review. 